0: Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week.
1: If you're ready to study the Word of God, say amen. amen. Let's do that. Sermon notes, Colossians chapter 4. We're actually ending this series of Colossians today. This is going to be the final day. I thought I was going to do this in two different uh, segments, but actually the, the way that the Lord put this on my heart is it's just going to be one. Today is, is the final day of this Colossians series. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Rethinking the Church, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be powerful, and it's going to help you out a lot. It's going to help us out a lot, especially at the tail end of these 21 days of prayer. It's just uh, the perfect the, the, the perfect segue into what God has for us in the future. So be here next Sunday morning, Rethinking the Church. So today we're going to start at Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. This will be on the screens and, of course, in your sermon notes It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Being watchful and thankful. Like if you live your life, you can live your life in prayer, watchfulness and thankfulness. We'll come back to that in verse 3. And pray for us too that God may open up a door for our message. You notice he says, pray for us that God would open up a door for our message message we're going to get to that in just a little bit so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be always everybody say always, always. let it be always maybe you should say that again say always let your conversation be always, always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let, let me tell you this. This is something that I stress to my staff all the time, all the time, that our conversation is always, always full of grace, full of grace, seasoned with salt. That That way, that that means... We're, we're giving soft answers. We're responding in joy, not in anger or frustration. We're responding in love and in, in, in peace. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep unity in the house of God. And actually, everybody, that's all of our responsibility, not just, not just ours as a staff, but all of our responsibility because we are a church family and we need to be gracious. How many know, knows God has been gracious to you? Okay, so we need to be gracious to others. That's the way it works. God has been gracious to us, so let us show grace to others. Let us show grace to others. This is what that portion of scripture is saying. And so this is the the first segment of it. Number number I'm sorry, letter A, write this down. In private seek the Lord. In private seek the Lord. And and we get that from this first First verse that we read today, devote yourselves, devote yourselves to prayer, to being watchful and thankful. And that means, in private, I seek the Lord. I have to be, the three Ps, persistent, perceptive, and pleased. I need to be persistent. I need to devote myself to prayer. Everybody, devotion to prayer is not just saying a prayer over the food and then and then That's all. Uh, being devoted to prayer isn't waking up in the morning and praying for 30 seconds and you know dear lord you know give me this day and help me to do good and and protect me and watch out for my family in jesus name amen i mean that's not bad that's a great way to start the day but is that being devoted to prayer is that being devoted to prayer and i would suggest no that's not it's praying but it, i don't think it's i don't think you could term that as devoted the bible says that we're supposed to pray continually pray Continually, like let there never be a a part of your day in which you're not in prayer. You say, "Well, that's that's really impossible." No, it's really not. What what it means is all throughout the day you're in constant constant communication with the Holy Spirit. You're in constant communication with our heavenly Father. So when our heavenly Father shows you something, when the Holy Spirit shows you something, or puts something on your heart to pray for, you're devoted to it. So you pray. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. You're just devoted to it. You're devoted to respond. So, so there have been multiple times that we've been driving down the street and my wife will say, oh, no, look at so-and-so as they're walking down the street. Somebody who, who just stands out to us is, wow, they need some help. They need, they, they need God to step in. They need, you know what I'm talking about, right? Some, sometimes if an ambulance drives by and you're like, oh, no, I hope they're okay. Could, could you go past that? Could you go past that and actually pray for them? Like, Lord, whoever, whoever's hurting right now, God, protect them, I pray. Uh, like, if you're, if you're driving and you see somebody walking down the road and your heart just kind of breaks for them, Heavenly Father, I don't know what they're going through, but I, I pray that you would capture their heart and provide for their every need. See, you see I'm, I'm just talking about short prayers where all day long you're in constant communication with God, and when God says, hey, just pray right now, you just pray right now. Like, you, you just go ahead and, and pray, you just pray. I was talking to somebody a few days ago, and, and they were telling me a problem that they have. In fact, they're here in the room today, but I won't point them out. They were telling me a problem that they have is sometimes, they, and, I, and I was able to tell them, you know, I'm just as guilty. I'm just, I am just as guilty when somebody says, hey, pastor, would you pray for me? Absolutely. You know, I'm going to be praying for you. And then a day goes by or two days goes by or a week goes by, and I remember, oh, I never prayed. Like I, I just never prayed. How many have ever done that before? I'll pray for you, but then you didn't pray. Okay, so this is what I've done. This is what I've done. I've fixed, I have fixed that problem in my life. Let me tell you how. And, and a lot of you know this to be true. A lot of you know this. Because you said, pastor, can you pray? And my response via text or via, via email or messenger on Facebook, my, my response is I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for you right now. Now, I won't ask to see your hands of who I've said that to, but you're in this room, I'm praying for you right now. And what that means is I take your request so seriously that I'm gonna take time to pray. I don't wanna say, oh, I'll be praying for you and then forget. I don't wanna do that. So I'm praying for you right now, and then I do. As soon as I press send, as soon as I hit the return button or enter button, then it's automatically, Heavenly Father, I pray for You see what I mean? And then the second thing that I've learned to do is I've got to keep a list. Because when you're a pastor, you have tons of people asking for prayer. Tons. And so what I've started to do is just keep a list. I just need to pray for so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And And as soon as I get a good report, somebody says, hey, God answered that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, praise God. And then I mark it off the list. Why don't I have to keep praying for that one? Because God's answered that one. So, So could it be, everybody, if we devote ourselves to prayer, that when we say we're gonna pray, we actually pray. And, and that when the Holy Spirit tells you to pray, no matter what time of day it is, that you actually just stop right there and pray. And, and can I tell you something? Some, sometimes we get we get like, I don't know, boggled down by things that we shouldn't. So if somebody says, boy, I, I, need, I really need healing, can you pray that God would heal me? And sometimes we really feel that we have to get God's attention So we're like, oh, God, I pray that you would heal Johnny. I pray that Johnny would be delivered. I pray that you would take away all of the pain, take away all of the discomfort. I pray that your healing virtue would flow from his head to his feet. I pray that you would put a hedge of protection around him and in him and through him. And I pray that your presence would not only surround him but fill him. And can I just tell you, sometimes that's pharisaical in nature. Like, like sometimes we feel like we have to say a lot of words in order to get God's attention. Well, if I pray it this way, then hopefully God would answer. I just got to put the right words into effect so that God, so God heal them. Oh, maybe I should pray God deliver them. Oh, God set them free. How many know what I'm talking about? That you say the same thing 10 different times, 10 different ways. And can I tell you, could you just simplify? It? Like, is it okay just to say, hey, Father, so-and-so has a need. They're just asking to be healed. God, heal them, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. And isn't that, let me ask you this, isn't that just as powerful as having to say something the same, you know, the same thing different ways for five minutes? You know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes we think prayer is, well, I've got I've to go and go and go and go and go, like, like say the same thing over and over. Don't do that. That's, that's kind of a Pharisee's mindset. Like, well, if I just keep babbling, surely God will listen. No, God hears me the first time. The Bible says that he hears us when we call upon him. He doesn't say he hears us as long as we call upon him five times in a row. You know that's right, right? He hears us when we call upon him. So just call upon him and pray continually. They don't have to be long prayers. Just whenever the Holy Spirit tells you to pray, then pray. Make it short, make it sweet, make it to the point, but pray, but pray. And then five minutes later, he'll probably tell you to pray for something else. And then during the course of a day, you'll look back and say, you know what? I might not have spent an hour in prayer, but I prayed for at least 30 people today. Maybe they were only one-sentence prayers, but how many notes? Jesus answers one-sentence prayers when the thief was hanging and i'm telling you eternity was in in the balance eternity was in the balance and the thief was hanging on the cross and he simply said to jesus remember me it was a one-sin's prayer that that affected the course of his eternity come on everybody it, you don't have to keep going and going and going just pray every time god tells you to pray every time the holy spirit tells you to pray then just pray then just pray so so we have to be persistent we have to be perceptive. We have to be watchful, the Bible says, Colossians 4-2. We have to be watchful because the, the enemy is scheming. He's sneaky. So we have to be perceptive. We have to know, we have to know our surroundings. We have to know through the Spirit of God what we need to pray for. As I told you a week or two ago that, that I really felt impressed weeks ago now, that there there was just a matter of unrest that I had to pray. That God would deliver not only this church, this church family, but really our entire community of faith from just a a spirit of unrest. Like like the devil, I was just perceiving that the devil was just working behind the the scenes. And he was trying to to, to cause issues. And I really perceived this, that he was trying to cause issues in which people could, could defend, even though it was ungodly. I wish I could explain that to you. Like people feeling this unrest, but they had reason for it. They're going to show it, and I don't. Know, I didn't have any evidence at the time. I, did, I didn't have. I did not have at that point. I did not have any person coming to me and complaining. I, I, it wasn't like that. I just sensed it in the Holy Spirit, and I need to pray. I need to pray about that. And I told my staff, I need. To, we need to pray about that, and they all sensed the same thing too. And so we just started praying. You have to be perceptive. New song. So if something inside of you, it's the Holy Spirit, by the way, says, you know, something's not right. Something's not right. Pray. God, make that right. Make that right. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. God, make that right. Make that right. God, we we pray, Lord, bring peace. Keep peace in this community of faith. Keep unity in this community of faith. It doesn't have to be long prayers, but pray. But pray. And then finally, you have to be pleased. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. So we have to be persistent, perceptive, and pleased. Like, God, thank you. Everything that you do, Father, is perfect. And it pleases me that you're at work. I'm so grateful that you're at work in my life, in my family, in my church. I'm just so grateful. Father, you please me. I'm satisfied in you is what I'm saying to God. God, I'm satisfied in you. satisfied in you. You're an incredible father to me, so be pleased. The, 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 the second thing, letter B, write this down. In private, we seek the Lord. In public, we serve the Lord. In public, we serve the Lord, and that's what he's saying in verses 4, 5, and 6. He said, pray that I can proclaim it clearly, and then he says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer Everyone in public, serve the Lord. In private, seek the Lord, but in public, serve the Lord. I must focus on my walk and my words. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you must, you must focus on your walk, your walk with Christ, and your words. Your words are equally as important to your walk. They're equally as important. You need, to, you need to make sure both are healthy. You need to make sure that you're being obedient to the Holy Spirit every single day of your life with your walk and with your words, with your walk and with your words. There's been many times that somebody has been walking with the Lord and living out the precepts of the Lord and and loving people and serving people, but in one moment something happens and they let their words get away from them and all of a sudden they just spew out these things, a lot of times, everybody, people would say, well, I thought you were a Christian. I didn't think you were supposed to act like that. I didn't think you were supposed to talk like that. See, your, your words need to accompany your walk. Your words need to accompany your walk. They both need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. How many let your words ever get away from you? Yeah, me too. I have two. I have two. I, I not only really want to walk a clean walk before the Lord, but I want clean and pure words coming out of my mouth. The Bible says in the New Testament, it says there's blessings and there's curses. And how can somebody bless the Lord and then turn around and curse somebody else? Like a spring should never be spewing out pure water and salt water. Like, isn't that impossible? That's not the way that that's supposed to work. And yet a lot of believers have struggles with that. Well, I'm doing good. I'm walking with the Lord. I've turned away from a lot of things. I'm really facing God. But you still haven't got the tongue under control. The Bible says that's really the hardest thing to control. And you need the help, so you pray. God, help me to control my tongue today. And then every time that you you get in a situation in which, in, in which you're frustrated, in which your tongue would normally let loose, I, I teach people this all the time. Don't react, respond. Don't react, respond. You need to think it through how you're going to respond. And then once you you stop, say, Lord, help me. And then you respond with grace. Let your words be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Okay, everybody? So we don't, we don't react. We're not of those that react because when you react, your words are going to get away from you. No, we're those who respond according to the word of God. So we need to be mindful of our walk and of our words, our walk and our words. Now, we're going to go to segment two. Is really all of these things really go together? But now we're going to go to the segment two, which is Colossians four, verse seven to seventeen. It's really the, to the end of the of the chapter. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to breeze through these quite a bit, and um, I'm going to I'm going to show you something. And there's going to be some portions of these verses. If you go back and read this yourself, there's going to be some portions of these verses that I'm I'm just going to miss. Okay, so I'm going to try to keep you. Just flow with me here for a little bit. Verse 7, Colossians 4, 7. To kick us, if you say, how do I say that? I looked it up for you. I was just going to call him Ty, but it's to kick us, to kick us. We'll tell you all the news about me. Watch this. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. Now let's go to verse 9. Onesimus... Our faithful and dear brother. You see, I'm just skipping through here a little bit. Verses 10 and 11. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Justice also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Now verse 12 and 13, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, he sends his greetings. He is always, watch this about Epaphras, he is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard. Verse 14, our dear friend Luke The doctor and Demas send greetings. Verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. So she was a lady, not a location, but a lady, Nympha, and the church that was actually meeting in her house. So you could say she was a church planter. And then verse 17, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. Okay, so what's all of that saying? Let, let's put all of that stuff together. When, when Paul is finishing out this letter to the church at Colossae, he's, he's telling them, hey, here's so-and-so, and here's what he's doing, and here's so-and-so, and here's what he's doing, and here's so-and-so, and here's what she's doing, here's what they're doing, and here's what this guy is always doing for you, and these guys are a comfort to me, and these guys are going to be an encouragement to you, and, and accept them, and welcome them, and he's talking to you. About all of these people, and you say, "Well, what does that mean to me?" A lot. Everybody, write this down. Letter C. Write this in your notes. The church is a team effort. It is a team effort, not a one-man show. It is a team effort, not a one-man show. New song. You're part of a team. You're part of the family. It's, it was never meant to be a one-man show. In fact, this was so ingrained in me before I started New Song that, you know, the first nine years of my ministry, a little bit over that, but but the first nine years of my ministry, I was primarily a worship leader. And when I came to New Song, everybody just thought, and when I started New Song, uh, everybody, all family and friends, just thought I would be the worship leader. And I surprised them. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want it to be a one-man show. I don't want it to be a Justin show on Sunday morning. I don't want it to be the center of attention. I want, I want the team effort. I want everybody to know that each person has a place in the team, that you're part of a team, and that it's not a one-man show. And so I stuck to my guns. There was a lot of Sundays, in fact, years ago, there were a lot of Sundays where I thought, oh, I wish I was the worship leader, because we had some bad days. I mean there's there were literally some days in 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 the first five, six, seven, eight years, there were literally some days where it was going so bad on the platform that I just walked up in the middle of the worship and I took over. Like I didn't I didn't necessarily sing in those days. I just like, okay, let's just let's just end that because that's that's pretty rough. Then it wasn't bad people, it wasn't, it wasn't that their hearts weren't right. They, They just needed time to mature. They needed time to to grow, and you guys were so wonderful about that. You never put them down. In fact, you you always cheered them on because they were giving it their very best, and I'm telling you, they've come a long way, haven't they, new song? Wasn't this wonderful worship this morning? And I'm I'm, I'm telling you, everybody, it's never meant to be a one-man show. It's always meant, the church is always meant to be a team effort, always, always, always meant to be a team effort, meant to be a team effort effort, not a one-man show. Letter D, write this down. If that's the case, then everybody, everyone has a part to play in it. Every single person has a part to play in it. Well, Pastor Justin, what's my part? I don't know, but I'll help you find out. So like next steps is, is the place that you need to go. If you don't know your part, then come September 9th. In fact, we normally started on the first Sunday of the month, but The first Sunday of the month of September is Blueberry Weekend, and we've just found it better to start Next Steps on the following week. So September 9th is when we're going to start Next Steps, and we want you to go through Next Steps. It's a three-week course that meets uh, during the second service, so put that on your calendar, September 9th, 1045. So come to the first service, and then just stick around for Next Steps. And in that, we'll tell you who we are as a church and kind of our structure here, how things work. You'll discover uh, how much, you know, uh, what what part of the budget goes to this and what part of the budget goes to that. And you'll understand about our our governmental structure. You'll understand about the elders that we have in the church, the advisory council. You hear all about that stuff. You'll hear all about, you know, if we ever have a business meeting, why we do that and how that works and what's membership like. You'll learn all about that. But second and third week, it's all about your spirituality. Spiritual gift. We're going to tell you, we're going to teach you your leadership style, how you lead, and, and it's going to reveal some things to you and your spiritual gift. And and then at the end of that, we'll say, here's a list of ministries. Now knowing that the leadership style you have, and now knowing your spiritual gifts, in what area of ministry could you, could you work? Could you volunteer? Could you be a, a part of our dream teams is what we call them? Like you're a part of, you have a part to play. So, so pick pick something around here and play a part. And, and we're not going to tell you what part to, to like, like so many people are, you, you know, uh, one of my favorite pastors, he tells the story that he, he's in church, he comes out of the church service, and he sees um, somebody from a distance about 40 yards away, and he kind of waves at them, and he says, you know, hey, and he knew, he knows that he he hasn't really talked to them, and this lady sees the wave, turns her back. And walks away, and he says, well, that, that's weird. Maybe, maybe she thought I was waving to somebody else. No big deal. So the next week, same thing. They're out in the lobby, and, and he sees this lady, and actually her husband is right there, and he, he waves at him, and she turns her back and runs the other way. And he said, well, I wasn't having it. So he chased her, <laughs> and he stopped her. He said, hey, you stop running from me, and so she stopped. He said, What's the deal? This is a true story. She she looked at him. She said, "Okay, Pastor, I get it. I know what you're going to ask. I and I know I have lots of children, and I know you want me to work in the nursery. I'm just exhausted, and I wasn't ready yet to work in the nursery." And he looked at her and he started laughing. He said, "If that's your attitude, I don't want you in my nursery." Like, you're, you're the last person I want in the nursery. And she was like, really, really? He said, yeah, you don't have. Oh, good, because I hate working with kids. I, I need a break. Well, the truth of the matter is we feel the same way around here. Like, we're never going to assign you to a ministry that we just don't do that. We don't say, oh, by the way, what's your least favorite ministry? Well, that's, that, it, you're going to take up your cross and do that anyway. You know? We're not going to do that. We believe that God created you on purpose, for a purpose, and that's to live a joyful life in Christ, to do what you love to do for the glory of Christ. So we want you to fit in. So go through next steps, September the 9th. And if you say, um, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of tired. I'm still sort of like, Man, you know, I, I've come from this place, and I worked really hard, and I just need a break. Well, that's fine. Take a break. But can I tell you something Don't take too long of a break because a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to take a break for a month or two months. I'm just going to rest. Well, it's fine, rest. But two months turns to four months, turns to six months, turns to eight months, and all of a sudden, years go by and they haven't done anything for the glory of God. Don't don't let that be said of you. Listen, everybody, you're part of a team, and you have a part to play here, and we want you to play your part, and we're going to help you find the part that that you love to play that you're like waking up on a, on a Sunday morning saying, man, I can't wait to go to church and I can't wait to go serve. I can't wait to go give. I can't wait to greet. I can't, I, I just can't wait to do what God has called me to do. Like there's some people here that are so extroverted. They are people persons and they can't wait to get here on a Sunday morning just to be able to greet people and shake people's hands and give them hugs and say, welcome to New Song. It is just the highlight of their week. And that's because everybody, they're part, of, they're part of a team and they have a part to play. And we want you to find that. We want you to find that. That's why we're here to help. Now, this is how we're going to end. This is the five levels of participation, okay? So on your sermon notes, write this down because I'm going to explain this to you. And I'm going to define for you today where you are in your walk with Christ, like where you are as part of the team. Everybody get it now? So, so this is defining where you are when it comes to your part of the team, all right, here we go. Number one, write this down. I am disengaged. I am disengaged. There are no doubt some people that are going to be in this room today uh, with a first service, second service, and they're just disengaged. And it means I have no interest in serving Jesus. Typically, these people are, hey, I only came because my spouse made me. Like, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. It's just the one thing that my spouse asked me to do and to get the, to get him or her off my back I'll just go to church. But I am disengaged. Okay? I have no interest. I have no interest. Not very many people say that, but a few do. And and by the way, we don't care. Just keep keep coming. We we think eventually you'll become engaged. Eventually the Holy Spirit is going to say something to you and it's going to be meaningful and you'll go to the next step. So the next step then is Number two, I have a desire. I have a desire. So this might be your level, that you just have a desire. And that means that you you would be the person that says, I'm interested in following Jesus, so I attend church somewhat regularly, like once, twice a month. I'm not really faithful in prayer. I'm not really faithful reading my Bible or giving tithes and offerings. To be honest, I usually feel guilty that I'm not pursuing God like I should. I know my relationship with him isn't so great. Like yeah, I have a desire, but I haven't really acted upon it. At least not strongly. I've not really pursued God like like I know I should have. I'm not pursuing Him like I know I should be. The desire is there, but not the but not the discipline. The desire is there, but that's all it is right now. So if that's you, just if you say, boy, that's me. That describes me. Just just make a mental note of that. Hold it. Number three, I am dedicated. And the next two are really going to be the most most people here today. The next two are: I am dedicated. It means I know Jesus is my only hope, and try to be faithful in prayer, devotions, and church attendance. I give financially to the Lord. These are just examples. I give financially to the Lord, but I know it's not a true tithe, so I'm not really giving ten percent. But yeah, I throw a twenty dollar bill in the offering every week. You know, I'm dedicated. I'm going to put something. I'm going to make some level of investment. I'm I'm dedicated, but I also struggle with a few things that very few people know about, if any. Like I have some secrets in my life that nobody knows about as of yet. It's part of the reason because that's just I'm I'm just dedicated because really I know Jesus is my only hope. But pastor, you don't know who I am. You don't you don't know what I'm going through. And I want to be on the side of Christ, but boy, I got some issues in my life. I I do love God, but my priorities are wrong. Like I love God, I love everything that God has to offer, but my priorities are wrong. So so therefore I spend a lot of times, for instance, this for instance, doing things that I want to do and I don't consider what God has for me. I, I live to entertain myself. So I live for my entertainment, but I don't ever think about what to do for the glory of God. And that's going to describe a lot of people in this room. And that's okay. We've all been there. The God wants wants to call you out of that. But we've all been there. Have you ever noticed, by the way, are you noticing that every single step, a lot of you are like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was disengaged. I remember when I had the desire and I grew past that. I remember when I was dedicated. But then maybe you've grown past that to number four, I am a disciple. I am a disciple. So that means I follow Christ daily, being faithful in prayer, Bible study, witnessing, and in tithes and offerings. Like, I really do follow the Word of God. And one thing that I know, as I follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm never going back. Like, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm never going to turn my back on Jesus. There are still some, however, weaknesses in my life but I'm open about them. So I go to small groups. I talk to people. I I tell them what I'm going through, and and I allow them to pray for me and hold me accountable because I'm a disciple. I want to get this right, but I still got some things in my life. I'm not sure what my God-given purpose is, but I do serve my church family, and I'm active in a small group. Like I I don't really know my God-given purpose. I'm trying to make a difference, but I really haven't found out what it is. I, I can't tell you that I'm doing exactly what God has called me to do, but but hey, I'm a disciple, I'm a follower of Christ. And can I tell you there's another step? Some of you think, well, this is what it is. Then then I've then I've gone the distance. And I would tell you, no, you haven't gone the distance. There's another step. Like you can keep growing, and that's number five. Write this down. I am a doer. I am a doer. I follow Christ daily laying down my own desires in exchange for his. I'm actively involved in ministry, fulfilling God's plan for my life. In fact, I know exactly what God has called me to do, and I live my life accordingly. I make up the small percentage of people that gets, that gets most of the kingdom work done. I am avid about my relationship with God and put a high priority on being a significant part of what God is doing. Now, there are some people in this room that can look at that and say, yeah, that's me. I have laid it all down, and I know exactly what I'm supposed to do for the glory of God, and I live my life to do it every single day. I am a doer. I am a doer. I am living it out. So this is what I want you to do before we go any Further, I want you to take out those survey cards, take them out right now, and this is what I want you to do. I just want you to mark who you are. Are you disengaged? You have no interest. Do you just have a desire? You're interested, but you're really not fully committed and you know it. Are you dedicated? You know that Jesus is your only hope, but there's still some things that you're struggling with, some secret addictions. You're, You're the one who just kind of, you know maybe throws the $20 bill in the offering plate every week just to, to say, well, you gave, but you know you're not really giving, you know that you're not really sacrificing, you know not, you're not really playing the part that God wants you to play? Are you a disciple? You follow Christ daily, but you don't really know your God-given purpose yet? Or, or are you, number five, a doer? You know exactly what God has called you to do, and you're doing it for the glory of his name. So everybody fill it out. Just mark, I want you to mark where you are right now now, now listen, everybody. Be honest. Don't mark where you want to be. This isn't well. You know what? I'm really, I'm really uh, dedicated, dedicated. But whew, I'm really close to disciple. So I think I'm going to go ahead and put disciple down. After all, Pastor Justin is going to see this. No, don't lie. And you see that it's anonymous, right? So just be honest. Be honest. There's no sense in lying. Okay, so. So now I'm going to ask something of you because I put this in your sermon notes too because I want, you to, I want you to realize, in fact, in your sermon notes, I kind of want you to highlight the one that you are right now, the one you are right now. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. In fact, this is what I believe God wants you to do. I just want you to make it a point this week to make a decision, to pray about it, make a decision and go to the next level. Go to the next level. Everybody, now, now look at me for a second. L- let me tell you something. If you say, well, I'm dedicated, I'm dedicated, and of course my ultimate goal for you and God's ultimate goal for you is for you to become a doer. That's what God wants for you. But, but let me tell you something. You're not going to go from dedicated to doer without first becoming a disciple. Everybody see that? So you're just going to go to the next level. Wherever you are, You're gonna just go to the next level. Now, if you mark doer, then praise God. Keep living out your life, the life that God called you to live out, and do it in joy. Do it with all of your heart for the glory of his name. Like, you're living the life. Keep living that life. But most of the people in this room, you're gonna say, yeah, I could go to another level. And I I want you to mark that and make that your prayer this week. God, help me to go to another level. And, and And then do it. Everybody do it. If you're going from dedicated to disciple, then you think, well, okay, I I need to, obviously I I need to do A, B, C, and D. I I think I need to to get serious about this. I need to pray every day and really, really pray. And Then I need to study my Bible more and I need to find out my purpose. I'm going to go through next steps and I'm going to get plugged into a small group so I can take off the mask and let people know who I really am. I'm going to find an accountability partner. you know, I'm just going to go to the next level now. I'm going to go to the next level. And if we're all doing that together, can I tell you, again, this church and this community is going to be turned upside down for the glory of the Lord. I promise you it will. And, and what this is called, everybody, it's called growth. The, the Bible calls in the New Testament multiple times in multiple ways, maturing in Christ. And, and so today's goal is to get you to realize where you are And the next level of growth that God would call you to. And then do it. And then allow the Holy Spirit to grow you. To mature you. Into being who God wants you to be. Meaning this. Don't settle for where you are right now. Don't settle for it. Even if you're a doer. Even if you're a doer. You're like, well, hey, I'm I'm at the top. No, I promise you, God's still growing you somewhere. He's still challenging you somewhere. So, I... I'm telling, as long as you're gonna, as long as you're alive, he's gonna ask you to lay down something else. I promise you that, because you're not perfect. So keep growing. Keep growing. Everybody see the challenge today? Keep growing. Keep growing. Keep growing. Now, to end this, I have a special way that we're gonna end this right now. I'm gonna go back to Colossians chapter one. And, and you don't have to go there. It's not really gonna be on the screen. It, it, it's actually a, a prayer that that. That Paul prays in Colossians chapter 1 which is obviously the book that we've been studying and I'm going to go back to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 is where it starts and I'm going to pray over you the exact same thing that Paul was praying over the church of Colossae and it's really a blessing and I'm going to read this out of the message because it's just as more modern day terms and it's just a blessing that I'm going to speak over all of you today so, so could you do something for me two things first of all Put put your sermon notes away. Just put those away, because you're going to open up your hands toward heaven and receive this blessing that I'm going to speak. And the, the second thing is, on your way out, I want you to take those survey cards and just place them in the baskets, and we'll all the ushers will collect those. And then next week, I'll give you the kind of the results of the survey. Is that is that sound okay? Like, you'll be able to see how many people in our church, you know, percentage-wise, are, are disengaged, they have the desire, they're dedicated, their disciples are doers. It's gonna be really interesting, I promise you that. So take that survey card, put it in the basket on your way out, and, and the ushers will collect those. Now, remember, grow in the Lord. Go to the next level. Put, put these sermon notes on your refrigerator door and, and just pray about it. God, what would you have me do what would you have me change? What, what would you do in me? What's the next step that I have to go through so that I can continue to grow in the faith and then do that for the glory of his name? So open up your hands toward heaven. I'm gonna speak this blessing over you directly from this book that we've been studying, Colossians chapter one. Why don't you just go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head and receive this blessing. New song, my dearest church family, I bless you today with every good and perfect thing that God has for you. And I'm so deeply thankful that God has placed us together as a body of believers, as a community of faith, as a team to make a difference. Now, new song, may God give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. And we pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more about how God works, may you learn how to do your work. And I pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. And not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything that is bright and beautiful, everything that he has for us. New song, I bless you today.
0: In Jesus'
1: name, amen.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.